Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Reading from uh, the Gospel reading today. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And now Matthew is quoting the words of Isaiah from our Old Testament reading. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That ends the, the quote from Isaiah. And then Matthew adds this note of explanation. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Frankenmuth was buzzing this past week when Vice President Mike Pence made an, an unannounced stop in our little town. A lot of people were excited about that. I, I was one of them. Partly because of the, the historic nature of this event, a sitting vice president here in Frankenmuth, but also because the preacher in, saw, in me saw this as a, as a great opportunity to seize upon that as an introduction to a sermon that's talking about the presence of God. So Vice President Pence gifted our little town with his presence one week before Christmas. And on Christmas, the, the first Christmas, the Lord gifted the world with his presence in that, his presence in that little town of Bethlehem. Presence is important, isn't it? And, and just to make sure that, that there's no confusion, please remember that today when I talk about Christmas presents, I don't mean the kind that end in T-S, but rather the kind that ends with C-E. God's presence. Not giving a present to someone, but being present with someone. Jesus, of course, does both, but, but the emphasis in the Old Testament lesson and in the, the gospel reading is on that word Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, God didn't want to remain some kind of lofty being separated from his people, but, but rather he wanted to come to this earth to be one of us, to be one with us. Proximity is everything, isn't it? There's a downside to that, though. I was going to warn you about this, Al, but I forgot to do it. It's a little bit of perspiration here. <laughs> but there can be a downside to, to presence or, or to close proximity. I'm pretty sure that not everybody was thrilled to have the vice president uh, in Frankenmuth on Wednesday. Maybe they don't like his policies. Maybe they don't like him. Maybe they don't like his boss. Or maybe they were suspicious of his motives. So it's important for us to recognize that when, when we talk about God's presence among us, that, that we understand what this is not and also what this is. So it is not meant to be an intimidating presence. If, if I were a lot bigger and just a little bit meaner, Al would be intimidated right now. As, a, as it is, it's just kind of awkward, isn't it? I'm just afraid you're going to ask questions. He's afraid I'm going to ask him questions, so I'll let you <laughs> off on that. 
Some people would see God's presence as being intimidating or uh, maybe accusing. That's what your sermon outline wants uh, to remind us, that that's not the case. God can be those things. But when he sent Jesus, it was not to be those things. God is not in Jesus Christ, anyway, an intimidating presence. Like a king who has come to a rebellious country to put down a revolt by any means necessary. Or his is not an accusing presence like a teacher who suspects a student of, of sorry, who suspects a student of cheating on a test. Or maybe an IRS agent. Just saying that makes us a little nervous, doesn't it? An IRS agent doing an audit. God's presence in Jesus is not meant to be intimidating or accusing. Rather, his presence is a saving presence and a protecting one. What did the angel tell Joseph? We know this, right? What did the angel tell Joseph? I'm going to ask you, Al. What did the... What did the uh, <laughs> you asked for it, mister. What, what did the angel tell Joseph to name the baby? Jesus. Excellent. All right. We didn't even practice that ahead of time. Name the baby Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. And that's what the name Jesus means. God saves. We remember then that Jesus' saving presence is prompted by his love for us because he came because he wanted to out of love for us. Do you know, I bet there's a lot of people this time of year who, who want to be home for Christmas but aren't able to for one reason or another. So that reminds us that Jesus' love for us is such that he not only wanted to do it, he was powerful enough to make that happen. And in his love and by his power, he is Emmanuel, God with us. A saving presence, also a protecting presence. There's a couple of chapters in the Bible that, that really point this out for us so well. One of those is Psalm 46. The whole focus of Psalm 46 is on the protecting presence of God, how he is with his people to protect us from harm. Of course, we have to let him define the word harm in that case, but he, he promises his protection. Romans chapter 8, the whole chapter, of course, is a, is a great one, but towards the end of that chapter, he reminds us that, that nothing can take us away from him. Nothing can separate us from his presence, his loving and saving presence in the person of Jesus Christ. Christmas presence. Emmanuel. Literally means God with us. That's the English translation of the Hebrew word. 
But you know, Emmanuel also means something else then. We, we learn this from the rest of scriptures. Emmanuel means not only God with us, but also us with God. What a great gift that is. The greatest gift of all, that God wants and invites us to be with him in his presence for all eternity. And that's motivated by one thing, his love for us. Now, I don't know why Vice President Pence stopped in Frankenmuth. Somebody on his staff decided that would be a good idea, and I agree with him, it was a great idea. We were, we were glad that he was here. Since he's a human being and also a politician, I doubt if he did it, and I'm, this is not a criticism at all, I doubt if he did it simply to bring joy to our hearts, there might have been some political strategy involved in that. Why not? Well, let's not make the mistake of thinking that God's motivation is anything but 100% due to his love for us and his desire to bring joy into our hearts and into our lives. God is present with us and wants us to be present with him simply because he loves us, not because um, we were good enough this year or, or any year, maybe barely got our name off of the naughty list and, and onto the nice list. No, that's not it at all. And God loves us also not expecting anything from us in return. Have you ever been in one of those Christmas gift exchanges? Yeah, I got roped into that a uh, number of years ago. I think it was my older sister probably decided after uh, we had all moved away from home, hey, how about let's draw names? And, and then uh, whosever name you get, of course, you send a present to them. Good idea, right? Well, you know, I like giving gifts. I don't like finding gifts. Especially you put a limit on that, you know, at two bucks or five bucks or, or whatever it is. Fortunately, I have a wife who's great at that and, and who enjoys doing that. More fortunate still, at some point we stop doing it. Now, I'm not a Grinch. I love Christmas. But something about Christmas gift exchanges like that, those are oftentimes done just because somebody's expecting us to do it or we're doing it in return for what they've done for us. God is much more magnanimous than that. He loves us not expecting anything in return. But just because he doesn't expect anything does not mean that we don't want to give him something. We do. His love for us prompts our undying love for him. Freely given, daily given to the one who first loved us and who has given us this great gift of Emmanuel, God with us and us with God. But like a wonderful Christmas gift, this gift from God has to wait to be unwrapped. Because while we have it in part now, we haven't unwrapped it yet. 
Sometimes, like those gifts under the tree, we're, we're, we're very eager to unwrap, to unwrap, but other times we wait patiently for that. And just like those gifts under the tree, we don't know exactly what that gift is going to look like when we unwrap it. God's given us some clues. He's told us enough about what eternal life with him is going to be like that, that we know it's going to be so wonderful. But he hasn't totally revealed it to us. He's a, a little more subtle and a little less obvious than I was about 60 years ago when I gave my dad a hint about what my mom was getting him for Christmas. I kept bugging and bugging, Mom, what are you getting, Dad? What are you getting, Dad? And finally she told me, but she said, you cannot tell him. Well, of course I won't. Trust me, Mom. So I just gave him a, a little clue. Dad, I, I can't tell you what Mom's getting you for Christmas, but they're warm, and you wear them on your hands. <laughs> she never quite trusted me again after that. Well, God doesn't give us quite that obvious a clue about this gift of eternal life that, that we are, are waiting to unwrap when, when we will be with him forever. And yet he tells us enough that we know this is the greatest gift of all, one that we will enjoy most of all, one that we will enjoy for all of eternity. Because of that, this Christmas, we place ourselves under the tree. First, the tree of the cross, where Jesus gave himself for us. And then the Christmas tree, where we give ourselves to him. And you know what? That's the only present he ever wanted. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.